And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is Play by Play coming to you live here on this Monday. We've got the beginning of a new week, and we've got a fun show coming your way. Um, a lot of people tell me when they listen to Play by Play that they like to hear angry, pissed off Casey. Well, you're going to get them later. <laughs> I can assure you that in 12 o'clock hour when we talk about the LSU Tigers melting in um, in Oxford and we talk about the New Orleans Saints melting in the Dome. we got some very interesting things to say. But, of course, we've got some high school talk in the first about 30 or so minutes of the show. In the next segment, we're going to Jamar Celestine of Homer Christian School. They got a win over um, St. John on Friday and continue their good work this season. Homer Christian School is one of several local teams who got wins, and we'll go over this South Lafourchon Lutcher matchup in just a second. But very quickly, a rundown of some of the local scores. Um, you got... Central Lafouche falling to Terrebonne 45 to 14. Terrebonne now, uh, let's see, 4 and 1 on the season, heading into a matchup with Ellen there that they'll be heavily favored to win. Destrehan 49, HL Bourgeois 0. East St. John gets a 42 to 37 win over Hanville. They stay undefeated on the year. Oh boy, Thibodeau got beat up on. E.D. White beats Thibodeau 45 to nothing. E.D. White only had a little more than 300 yards of offense, but. When you get a pick six and then you run another interception back inside the 10 and, you know, you're making your opponent punt from the end zone. Like, a lot of great things happen for E.D. White there as they get the win. South Terrebonne gets their first win of the year, 30-13 to over Ellender. Um, let's see. We also, in our local scoreboard, had Lutcher beating South Lafouche 42 to nothing. a game we'll recap in just a second. Assumption beat Morgan City 50-14. to They stay hot. Vanderbilt was the team on the district bye this week. Uh, they lose to St. Charles Catholic 30-13. to We go down to 2A, and Homa Christian School gets a 20-6 to win over St. John. As we said, we'll have their coach on a little later in the show. Central Catholic of Morgan City got a Thursday night win, 21-6 to over Generet. And CCA falls to the undefeated Hanson Memorial Team, 22-13. to That's our local scores. <laughs> Potna, you and I were on the river. Uh, we were watching the Letcher Bulldogs um, beat the South Lafouche Tarpons. We'll get to some of the highlight clips in just a second. Um, but what were your thoughts, man? We went into the night being told, oh, man, they've got a great defense. Oh, man, they got athletes. Oh, man, you know, they're this, they're that. Very rarely does, you know, that hype um, pan out. But I talked to Dwayne Jenkins after the game Friday, and he said, hey, man, look, we put a lot of pressure on our defense to go be perfect every week. And obviously there's still some things we could work on and get better at, blah, blah, blah. But he said, man, that unit's pretty damn good. And the one thing that I took from it is that, and give credit to our Vanderbilt Catholic friends because the, I got several Vanderbilt people who told me this was the case. The reason why Lutcher is such a great defense is what looks like after you snap it, oh, there's a little hole here. We're going to get four or five yards. They close those spaces so well. It's like kicking a, a, a gap nest. I mean, they're just everywhere, flying to the ball. They're good up front. They close the gaps. They got great team speed. That's the reason why their defense is what it is. We're approaching now the second half of the season. Lutcher has played four games, and I'll tell you how many points they gave up this year. It ain't many. In the four games that they have played, the Bulldogs have had three shutouts, and they only allowed points in their 16-14 loss against St. Charles Catholic. So you do that, Matt. 16 divided by four, they're allowing four points a game this year. Um, that's some pretty doggone good work from Coach Jenkins and his team. Yeah, uh, my take, Lutcher's pretty darn good. Their defense is outstanding. Uh, another take I got, Torpens played hard the entire game. Mm -hmm. uh, defense, again, 42 points, but defense played uh, okay. I mean, they gave up a couple of runs, uh, missed a few tackles. Uh, 
they, they played hard. They competed. But uh, Lutcher's pretty darn good. And we talked about it during the broadcast. Lutcher's offense is getting better as the year goes on. They all, they're young, and it's a different dynamic than what they had last year compared to this year. So they're still trying to find out their ways on offense. But uh, they're pretty good. Last year, you had a quarterback who scored 70 touchdowns. This year, you don't have that, but you got a bunch of skilled players and a bunch of athletes that could hurt you. Um, Chaney at running back was very good. Smith and Jenkins, both at quarterback, were good. They got some good, solid receivers. So, Lutcher rolls on. They get a 3-1 and record um, heading into the South Terrible matchup. But there were some bright spots for South Lafouche, and we'll uh, relive some of those bright spots whenever the, the Chief is ready. We good to go? Yeah, I was just making a few notes. Okay, well, look, South Lafouche had a long uh, pass reception from Carson Ogeron to Titan Alamo. That was in the first half of the game. Tarpons moved the ball and had some big plays. Here's Carson to Titan early in the game. Straight drop under pressure. He steps up, looks to run. Now he'll throw it as far as he can. He's got a man, and it's caught. Titan Alamo near midfield. It's a Golden Motors first down. It's a blue boot bomb. South Lafouche ended up not scoring on that drive despite getting deep into Lutcher territory. Carson Ogeron also completed a long blue boot bomb to Landon Meathead Dardar. Dardar had a big game. Here's a 38-yard reception. Ogeron play action, rolls out. Now reverses his field, being pursued. He's got a man. It's caught. That's Meathead. Nice gain. And he's across midfield, 35-30. Pushed out of bounds at the 25 Carson Ogeron's improvision. Meathead getting down the field. The Tarpons get a big play. It's another blue boot bomb. Move the chains. <clears throat> and again, for those of you who are listening maybe for the first time or, or not familiar with South Lafouche football, Landon Dardar wants to be called Meathead. We're not just picking on him. That's his, that's his given nickname. South Lafouche's defense gave up 42 points, but they were up against it all night long. Field position was not in their advantage. Kate Nelson got a fourth down sack in the opening half to turn the ball over to the Tarpons. Straight drop under pressure, flushed out. Kate Nelson. Nelson drops him. The ball's ball out. Doesn't matter. It will not matter. Lutcher gets it at the 40 yard line. It's a turnover on downs. Nelson with the sack. The Tarpons will take over with 219 to go at their own 40 yard line. Kate Nelson slammed them to the turf. One of my favorite players on this year's South Lafouche team is a 10th grader, Dre Hughes. I've been knowing him a long time. I know the family. He's a great kid. I made fun of him at the junior varsity game. I said, Dre, you got to give me an interception, bro, because he had dropped two the week before. Well, my little buddy, listen, Hughes got an interception at the end of the first half. Smith, under pressure, throws it down the middle. And did Dre intercept it? I think he did. I think Dre Hughes just picked it off. So great job by Dre. Um, and then Maddox Comerdale also had an interception. Look, Maddox almost took his to the house. It would have been negated by a blindside block anyway. But Comerdale, I call him a heat-seeking missile. He's just flying to the ball at all times, and he came over with a big interception. Smith has a little more time this time. Throws it. He's got Intercepted. a man picked off. Comerdale, how far is he going to run? 25-30. 35-40, cutting up field. There's a flag on the return. Comerdale's across midfield, still juking. He's tripped up at the 43. The return's going to come back. But Maddox Comerdale gets another tarpon turnover with 24 seconds to go. Story of the night, South Lafouche just couldn't take advantage of the opportunities presented them on offense. But that didn't stop Landon Jarvis from making a big 30-yard reception in the second half. Ogeron in the gun. Directing traffic. It's a five-receiver empty set. 
Throw it to the sideline. It's going to be caught by Jarvis. Jarvis bounces outside. He he's may go. 35, 30, 25, and he's hit out of bounds. Thought they would maybe have a little laundry there, but he must have still been on the green when the hit occurred. It is a Golden Motors first down, and heck, we'll give him a blue boot bomb. That's a long pitching catch for the Tarpons. So great job by Carson Ozron and Landon Jarvis there. South Hoos just couldn't quite put it in the end zone. And now look, you're heading into week six, um, second half of the season. <coughs> Excuse me, BJ said on the Sports Corner Saturday, Friday night's a playoff game. You're playing assumption if you want to have, we don't know how many teams are going to be in the bracket. We'll find out all that nonsense tomorrow. But one way or another, you're facing the assumption Mustangs. It's going to be a more favorable matchup than Lutcher was, but it's still going to be an awfully quality opponent. The Tarpons are going to have to play well at home. I think this is a huge game, probably the biggest game of South Lucia's season coming up on Friday. Yeah, I agree. It's a uh, very big game. And again, not sure how many teams will be in the playoffs, but um, you can't worry about that now. You just got to win games. Last, you know, you got five games left to go in the season. Uh, you got to win games. Tarpons can go three and two again, like they did in the first part of the season. That'll put them six and four. Uh, that would be close. Yeah, it'd be close. That would be close. So uh, it's a big game, uh, and that's if they. I mean, they can go four and one, five and zero. Oh, who knows? But uh, a big game Friday night. Assumption is going to come in with uh, a, a different style. They're going to be aggressive on defense again, kind of like what Central. You know, is they're aggressive on defense. Assumption's going to be very aggressive on defense. They have a back, that uh, a bruising-type back that uh, has a little bit of speed, and they have athletes all over that field where they try and do it. They try and give the ball to their athletes in space. They try and spread you out. They, if they got numbers, they'll get it to the athletes out wide. If not, their quarterback likes to run the football along with the back. They're 3-2 and two coming off of a win against Morgan City. Their two losses this year were to E.D. White and St. James. No shame in losing to either one of them. Uh, they beat Donaldsonville and St. Helena College and Career Academy in addition to Morgan City. So two 3-2 teams coming in on Friday night. In, in case we just played the clips from the game on uh, Friday night, if anyone out there wants to go back and relive some of these clips, they can go to the uh, radio website, www.kleb1600.com, and... The clips are there. Uh, the episodes are play-by-play also on there. Wonderful. We thank you guys so much for participating in that. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Jamar Celestine of Homo Christian School. His Warriors got a win over St. John. I'm sure we'll have a happy coach in the next segment right here on KLEB. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Friend Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Friend Easy Buy? Come see us at DoFriendLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. 
3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! Bonjour, mes amis. This is Brent with HUFF Cutoff. Are you looking for that authentic Cajun cuisine like Grandma used to make? We have it right here at HUFF. We're located at 15741 East Main in Cutoff, Louisiana, the corner of Highway 308 and East 67th Street. Hi, I'm Parker Collin. Hi, I'm Madison Colley. I'm E-I-A-2-Fay. It's your fair cutoff, located at 15741 East Main Street, Cutoff, Louisiana. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey Jisclair here. We go to the phone lines for the first and only time today. We've got Coach Jamar Celestine who will be joining us. His team, Homer Christian School, got a 20-6 to win over St. John on Friday night. Coach, good morning, man. How are we doing today? Good morning. How are you doing? Good, bro. Uh, you guys are 3-2 and two on the season, finished the first half with a winning record, and now you start district play coming up on Friday, making a long road trip to South Plaquemine. But before we talk about that, let's talk about your game with St. John. You guys get a 20-6 to six win. I'm sure you got to be proud of the effort there, man. Absolutely. Um, I, me and my coaching staff definitely challenged our kids this week um, we wanted to have a, a strong bounce back as far as just alignment and assignment, and uh, the kids responded really well. We focused more in on the special team aspect and defense, and uh, wanted to challenge our kids to see if they can get up for it, um, to see if they could be in the right spots and uh, make sure that they do their assignment. And uh, this week they responded really well against a, a really well-coached uh, team in St. John. Yeah, look, St. John came in 3-1. and one. They had some nice wins. So, look um, – Great win for your club, but also a good PowerPoint win for your club as well, man. Absolutely, and uh, and you can't stress enough the, the importance of them just taking the game to, to the next level for us, um, preparation. And uh, we, we've been honing in on that for, for um, the season and just trying to get guys to understand that film work and, and film study is very important, just knowing what your opponents do. And uh, we knew St. John coming in had a high-powered offense. They had some really dangerous kids on the offensive side of the ball. So we really wanted to hone in on stopping those guys, and uh, our kids responded really well. So I'm so proud of not only our kids, but also my coaching staff for having them prepared. Huge game coming up Friday. Just looking at your district and and trying to be realistic about it, on paper, you guys in South Plaquemine are probably the two superior teams in the district, which means the winner of this game Friday is going to get a big leg up and maybe winning the district championship. I'm sure you guys know, hey, man, this one's got some implications. This is a big ball game on Friday. Absolutely. Uh, anytime you get a chance to go against a, a district opponent or a district game, you want to take that your, your level of play to another notch. Um, and, and, of course, we had those guys circled on our schedule for a long time because they have been dominating the district and they won district last year. So uh, my kids are aware of it. It's no way of, you know, we can't sugarcoat it. We can't talk about it as if it's not important. This game is going to have big-time uh, implications on who's going to be the winner of the district, and uh, we want our kids prepared and ready to go on Friday. For sure, man. Look, you uh, you finished one half of your season. What's the thing you're most satisfied with, and then what's the one thing that you hope gets a little better in the second half? 
I'm most satisfied with how we respond um, in, in winning and losing. Um, a lot of people don't understand that, you know, you're not going to win them all, even though you prepare to win them all. Um, but, but how do they respond? Do your kids play four quarters? And uh, that is a check mark for, for our kids. Our kids have been playing four quarters, 48 minutes, and any team that, that we face um, or we, we face thus far will tell you that, that any time they played Homer Christian, they played to the whistle end. And for me, that's a pride thing, and, and I'm, I commend our players for responding that way. On the flip side, the one thing that you hope uh, you guys do better in the second half? Um, on the flip side, I, I really want us to learn how to um, maintain leads. Um, a lot of times you get a lead and, and kids, they just get excited. You know the morale is just, hey, we're winning, so the game is pretty much over. And, and a lot of times they forget that you know you have to really put teams away because you don't want them to have a different chance to, to fight back and get into the game. And, and a lot of times you get to save kids. And, and on this level, um, we only have we have 35 on the roster, but actively playing maybe 18 kids. So you want to save as much of their body as you can going forward. So I, I want us to learn how to put teams away and uh, capitalize once we have success. Coach, a big old vote's taking place tomorrow out in Baton Rouge, a vote that, if it goes a certain way, is going to shrink your bracket, Division Three incredibly, and you guys will automatically be in the playoffs because everybody would get in. Um, what are your thoughts on this, man? I, like, I got my own opinions, and, and I think that, you know, the fact that we're doing this on October the 3rd is probably the wrong way to handle it. But what are your thoughts? What are you hoping happens tomorrow out in Baton Rouge? I have so many thoughts, and, and, and honestly, that, that that's a sore subject for me just talking about it. Um, I, I really wanted to just be addressed earlier, but also not only just addressed earlier, but make sure we bring everything to the table so it won't, it won't hurt some of the smaller schools. Like, you know, we, we're a small school, and, and I'm not asking for sympathy, but you got to make it to where kids can compete. And, and a lot of these schools get to go out and recruit the top-notch uh, talent and then they don't have to suffer on the back end of that. They have an easier schedule, per se, um, once the playoffs start. So, so you have to make things fair. And, uh, of course, that's not for just me to make that, that, that decision. That's going to that's gonna be for a lot of people to come together. And they got to listen to the concerns of not only um, the coaches, but also the, the parents and the principals. they got to get involvement from all parties. And that way we can come to not only – a solution, but but something that makes sense for the kids, and that's what it's all about. So I'm hoping that 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 the meeting goes really well tomorrow, and and they think about not only the powerhouse schools but the small schools also, like a Homer Christian. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Very well said. Uh, before we let you go, take it on South Plaquemine. That's a road trip that I have made before. It's kind of out in the middle of nowhere, but they got some rowdy fans and some good support. What are keys to victory? What do you guys have to do well to beat South Plaque and get the leg up in district? Um, the key for, for South Flag is it's really going to be about our mental focus. We can't allow um, penalties to happen, and that's been things that we've been really coaching up on um, for us penalties. The 15-yarders hurt big time. Or, or when we have a good drive going um, and getting pushed back in the wrong direction because of our own fault. So that's going to that's be some key moments for the game. And also just special teams. We have to make sure that we continue to coach up special teams because a lot of people forget about that, but that's the idle part as far as success, as, as far as all three phases of the game. Good deal, brother. Hey, congrats on the win Friday. Thanks so much for the time, and go get him on the road this weekend, okay? Appreciate you so much for your support. Thanks. For sure. That is Coach Jamar Celestine doing an excellent job at Homer Christian School. They're 3-2. and two. They're playing well. Friday was a big one for them. St. John came in 3-1. and one. You go on the road and beat them 20-6. to six. 
And look, man, I don't mean to pick on everybody else in this district, but you have a district that consists of Cohen, Homa Christian, South Plaquemine, Fisher, Jefferson Rice Charter, and Thomas Jefferson. Homa Christian and South Plaquemine Friday will be for the district championship because they are both are going to beat every other team in that district. If the Warriors could get that win, you're looking at, no matter what the bracket is, an automatic bid. You, if you win tomorrow, I think they're going to sweep through the rest of the district. I say tomorrow. You win Friday. You've got a golden opportunity to, no matter how they vote, no matter what the numbers are, punch your ticket to the playoffs. Yeah, and that's a long trip for Homer Christian to make down to South Plaque. Yeah, we made that trip before. In the middle of nothing. Yeah, it's like, my God, when we're going to get there. <laughs> but look, great job Coach Celestine's doing it at, at – um, at home, I mean, they, um, they, it, it, the way he, he, the program with Coach Butch last year, he, he kind of developed a, a culture and a little foundation. He took over and he's just continuing what, what they have been doing at home at Christian. And it, it's good to see these smaller schools. Like he said, they're a small school, but, uh, you got to fight for his kids and keep doing what's fair for those kids in LHSA. Right now, these, and look, this is, I almost hesitate to even tell you this because all of this could be different by tomorrow. But right now, assuming that we're doing Division One through Four with the open enrollment schools on the select side, like we did last year, assuming that in Division One non-select, we have Destrehan number nine right now. We have East St. John number 14, Terrebonne number 19. All of those teams, Thibodeau number 28, they would be the last team in the playoffs. So Thibodeau's really tough schedule is paying off for them. They would currently be in. South Lafouche, 32, would be on the outside looking in. HL Bourgeois, 39, would be on the outside looking in. Central Lafouche and uh, South Terrebonne are 42nd and 43rd, respectively. It's going to be tough for either of those teams to get in, no matter what this looks like. Okay, so let, let's see if we can shed some light on, on the vote tomorrow. I know it, it's a big, big vote. People out there may be confused. On, so let's take South Lafouche High School. Mm-hmm. If... There is a vote of yes. Okay, if the yes, if they have enough to take enough a quorum to take the vote, and the vote is in favor of yes, the definition of select non-select goes back to what the executive committee did last year. Last year, when in September they came and said this is the definition. And that's when they moved South Lafourche from Division Two or Four A, whatever, to Division One. Correct. So a yes vote means it's going to be just like it, the playoffs were last year. Correct. And a no vote. Right. If it's a no vote, then the definition of select non-select goes to the definition uh, what was approved before, which is strictly private schools being select. Right, so you're going to have less schools in the select division and more will be in the non-select. If the vote is no, every private school in the state of Louisiana will have clinched a playoff spot tomorrow, literally, because all the brackets won't have enough to fill them out. Every single private school in Louisiana will automatically go to the playoffs. So if you're looking at the PowerPoints and you, you, you go to Go Preps, and they have it all broken down, select, non-select, and 4A. If it's a yes vote, would the playoffs look close to like it is in 4A or not? If it's a yes vote, the numbers that Hunter has on his website right now will be 100% accurate. Okay. 
Where did I put the Tarpons? 32nd right now in Division One, non-select. Still Division One. Yes. So they wouldn't be in Division Two. No matter how the vote goes tomorrow, they're in Division One, from what I understand. Um, I'll get some clarification on that. But I think that no matter how the vote goes, they're still going to be in Division One. It's going to just be a matter of whether or not the select schools, open enrollment schools, join them in Division One. Which would, I could tell you right now, if the vote um, sends the select open enrollment schools back, Karen Crow will be with you, Captain Shreve, Carr, Tioga, Acadiana, East Jeff, Riverdale, McKinley, Lafayette High, Liberty, Bonneville, that's Higgins. Those are all amongst some of the schools who would be coming into your bracket. But before last year, September vote, when school started last year, the Tarpons were 4A. They weren't Division One. I, I get what you're implying. So, I, I wish that's how it would be, but that's not how I, I think it's going to go. That's why I was looking because at it, it and, and kind of confused. It says if there's a no vote that there's going to be 63 schools in Division I non-select. I would think that South Lafouche would be one of the 63. Which, yeah, it, it, there's 43 right now in Division I non-select, and I guess we could probably count 20 of them in here that would come on over. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a mess. What, what, what would so we expect? I, it's, but Yeah, yeah I, I mean, because if it's before, we were 4A. So if things go back to the way it was, but you, you know, I think they only voted on the definition. That's all they're doing. Yeah, that's exactly right. They're not voting to reclassify or anything. They're only voting on what is a select school via the LHSA. That's the only thing they're deciding tomorrow. So if you look at it that way, then the Tarpons are Division One, regardless. If the vote is no tomorrow, I'll go so far as to say the Tarpons are knocked out of the playoffs tomorrow already. They would have to pretty much win out. You'd have to win six or seven games to even have a small chance to get in. Right. You're right. Division one, a lot of the five and five teams, that's yeah. out the window. Because look, dude, you're 30 you're second right now. You wouldn't be in right now, much less when they add Karen Crow and Carr and Tioga and Alexander. If the vote is no tomorrow, the Tarpons are going to drop from 32nd to maybe 42nd. You'd have to win the rest of the games to get into the top 28. Because it's not a 32-team bracket. It's a 28-team bracket. Yeah, and before people get too excited and start wanting to get on us, if you look on paper, the Tarpons' next five games, okay? And look, you play the game on Friday nights for a reason. Of course. But on, on paper, the Tarpons have... Two tough games in those five with St. Louis and Vanderbilt. Can the Tarpons win? Sure. I would throw assumption in there. I think that's going to be a very difficult game Friday, so, too. So that's three games that, that'll be tough. And sure, they can win them. Yep. But, uh, and, and then they would win out. Then they went, you know, finished, what, eight and two? Then you're, you're in. Yeah, 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 yeah. They would have to get hot. That, you know, I think right now they're going to be in great shape, great shape to go six and four, maybe five and five. I don't think that gets you in if the voters know tomorrow. Obviously, you go seven and three, eight and two, you probably punch your ticket, but it just puts a whole lot more pressure on the on the team tomorrow if that vote doesn't go their way. But I think it will, though, right? Like I can't see 
any of the private schools voting for this. They don't want to. Kyle Lasang said the other day he doesn't want to have two or three buys. Like, he didn't want to have to take two weeks off. Like, I feel like no one's going to vote no. I feel like this is going to be a yes vote. I mean, look, they're going to vote what's best for their school, which, I mean, that's what you go ahead and do it. But uh, it depends who goes out to vote. Yeah. How, how many of these principals, hopefully, we have a quorum that they can get a vote in. Now, let me ask you this, okay? Tomorrow's a school day. It's Tuesday. And I get it. Every principal in the state should be there. But knowing that, it's a school day. Why the hell can't a principal just email their vote in? <laughs> why, why do they have to physically be there? Like, why can't Miss Samantha Lagarde just send an email to some address the LHSA makes and in the subject says, South Lafouche votes no or whatever, whatever they decide. Why, why do they physically have to be there? That's what I don't understand. I guess it's easier for them to get a little little machine and click on it, yes or no, and the results come pop up on a screen so they don't have to go and count all these votes. But you're right. I mean, education, let's keep these principles and keep them just to, to travel. Now, look, teams got to come from North Louisiana, North Louisiana all the way down to what, Baton Rouge they have in it? On a school day, and that's the only thing that they're deciding tomorrow. So they're going to be there for 20 minutes. Yeah, and that's it. Nothing else will be discussed. Nothing else will be voted on. Yes or no? Waste of a day. Waste of a day. Um, but anyway, I'm not the yeah. LHSA executive director. Now, the bylaws are may state in there that you have to have a physical meeting. Well, then your bylaws are stupid. That, that, could, that could be. Anyway, who, who knows? let's catch a break when we get back. I'll leave it to you. Do you want to hear me complain about the Saints or LSU first? Let's go to Tigers first. All right. They, they played first. LSU first. We'll talk about them in the next segment. Um, whew, I've got some things to say. We'll be right back after this. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems, your local power generator professionals, serving the entire Gulf Coast as your Kohler titanium dealer. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators. For the most trusted brands in the industry, Kohler, Generac, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins, Onan, and more, Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems is the place for you. 152 North Hollywood Road in Homa and Highway 3235 in Galliano. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. All your auto repairs for your first car should be Detroit's Paint and Body Shop, located at Highway 3235 in the Rose. They're established since 1997. Detroit's Paint and Body Shop is family-owned and operated. They sell parts and repair all makes and models of vehicles. 
Trust Pete's Body Shop honors all insurance estimates. Go by and see their trusted team of technicians for all your auto needs. Trust me. Troy's Paint and Body Shop, 985-693-4133. That's 985-693-4133. There's no combination of words I could put on the back of a postcard. No song that I could sing, but I... Some nice, relaxing music before I start yelling and screaming here on Play by Play. Um... LSU lost to Ole Miss on Saturday, which isn't in and of itself all that surprising. I was on the fence whenever I made the pick for the game. But here's what is frustrating if you're an LSU fan. The Tigers allowed 706 total yards on Saturday to an Ole Miss offense that came into the game really not playing well. Um, there are LSU fans that are doing what LSU fans do, and they're calling for coaching changes. They're calling for Matt House. They're calling for Brian Kelly. They're doing whatever. <laughs> Um, I'm not usually one of those people, <clears throat> but LSU has seven games left. That defense better be drastically better in November than it is right now, or we're going to have to start having some conversations because I watched Duke play Notre Dame on Saturday. It was playing at the same time as the LSU game. We had two TVs. One was on Notre Dame Duke. One was on LSU Ole Miss. If Duke who's getting two- and three-star kids that are brainiacs, could play defense at a high level, LSU's four- and five-star players should be able to be better than allowing 706 yards. And here's the thing about the LSU defense. They don't do anything well. They don't stop the run. They don't defend the pass. Fundamentally, they're awful. The defensive line's lined up two yards behind the line of scrimmage. What the hell is that? Your cornerbacks, how many times on Saturday did you see an LSU defensive back run without ever turning his head to the ball and just running alongside the receiver and the ball hits him in the back of the helmet. You turn around, you're getting interceptions there. That's terrible fundamentals. How often did we see Ole Miss run that sloppy toss play where Dart gets the ball and then just slowly tosses it to the running back and you're not fast enough or you're not taking the right angles to go and make the tackle. You lack speed, you lack discipline, you lack fundamentals, you lack coaching because you're not communicating right. How many times did we see on Saturday Half of the secondary playing man, the other half playing zone. You know what happens when you do that? You give up 706 yards and 55 points, and you waste one of your best offensive games since Joe Burrow has been gone. I My heart breaks for Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels has been the guy that has been kicked on his entire career in Baton Rouge for the season. He has 16 touchdowns and two interceptions. Is one of the best players in the entire country. On Saturday, 27 of 36, passing 414 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, and he rushed for 100 yards and lost. Brian Kelly has to figure this out in seven games. you got seven more games coming up. That defense in November better be much better than it is now, or else A, Matt House is going to have to go, and B, Brian Kelly's going to enter a situation in the offseason where he better win a lot next year or he's going to be the next one to follow. We knew it was trouble. Whenever Arkansas was going up and down the field on LSU, Arkansas doesn't have a good offense. Ole Miss is a little better, but they score 55 and get 700 yards. Missouri's going to hang 100 on you Saturday again because they've got a great offense. They are one of the best teams in the country in passing. And and here's the thing that, that, that angers me the most is it's one thing to, look, you lack a little bit of team speed. I get it. You're not as fast as you once were. You're going to give up some plays in the running game, whatever. There was a play in the second quarter, Brian, where 
I believe it was Judkins. Uh, and I'll clarify. Let's see. It was a... It wasn't Judkins. It was a 43-yard touchdown run from Ulysses Bentley. Once he broke the line, everybody's just walking into the end zone, jogging. The effort is not there. The effort is not there on that side of the ball. Will it get better now? Pete Jenkins coming in. Brian Kelly brings Pete Jenkins in. We know Pete Jenkins is an old-school guy. Maybe get a little better technique, maybe a little better fundamentals, maybe light a fire. Um. And I don't care how many guys you got in the portal. I don't care how many true freshmen. That's the excuse Brian Kelly's making. Oh, it's a true freshman. Oh, it's a kid that doesn't. Stop with the excuses. You've got to be better. You gave up 700 damn yards on Saturday. You got 33 first downs and lost. You allowed your opponent to be 9 of 16 on third down, 2 of 3 on fourth down. You allowed your opponent to get 6.5 yards per rush. And quite frankly, if not for Ole Miss kicking themselves in the foot throughout the game with 11 penalties and 121 yards of penalty yards, they would have probably scored more than what they did. That was an embarrassing defensive showing from LSU, an LSU team that needs to find answers right now. And that, that was my take on it. Ole Miss overcame so many penalties. I mean, and it put them in bad situations. They tried to give the game to LSU on, and on offense, take it. And they overcame. How many times? Third and 11? You know, they missed a tackle at the end, first down. Then... Ole Miss, uh, terrible clock management at the end, but uh, you know, you you fall down, you you can kick the field goal on the last play of the game. LSU has no chance the way that game was going. When they got the ball back with 39 seconds, that's plenty time for them, and it yeah. almost happened. But I think Lane Kiffin wanted a guy to fall down, the guy just didn't, didn't do it. But it's tough to uh, to not score because if you score, you guarantee to take the lead. There's no guarantee you can kick the. Uh, the field goal, but look, the, the way they played on defense is uh, it's embarrassing, especially you know part of the SEC, and uh, it, it's coaching, it's effort, it, it, it's all this, and it, it falls on the shoulders of, of, of uh, Brian Kelly. But he can go in. I mean, you saw his interview at halftime. It's like I don't think he had a clue. He just we got to play football. We, well, here, here's what's disheartening. Is they asked him after the game, like, hey, like. We're mad. Yeah, we, we got every reason to be pissed off. Um, don't, don't get me started on that. But they asked him after the game, like, are you guys mixing and matching the personnel based on the down and distance? And, and I say that because there were several third down plays, obvious pass situations where Harold Perkins wasn't even in the game. And then there were other run situations where like a guy like Whit Weeks, who's more of a run stopping linebacker, wasn't in, but Perkins was. And they asked him, like, Brian, are you mixing and matching your personnel based on the down and distance? And he pretty much said no. Like, how does that make sense? Like, if it's third and fifteen and the Dallas Cowboys are playing, Micah Parsons is gonna be on the edge going to try to take the quarterback's head off. So why are you not? putting your 11 best on every play to match the down in the distance and what you think might happen, to hear him be asked that and be like, no, we're just kind of playing the freshest 11. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make anybody feel any better about any of this stuff. And look, <clears throat> Brian's an offensive guy, right? His offense is humming, 49 points. So that, that's his side of the ball. But at the end of the day, as Coach O learned well, if you don't get other people to handle the stuff that you don't handle, it's going to fall on you. And this, right now, you play Missouri Saturday. 
If Missouri gets 600 yards and scores 40 on you, whether you win or you lose, the birds are going to continue to chirp. This defense has to start getting better today. You've got to figure out your best 11. You got to, whether they're freshmen, whether they're transfers, no matter what, you got to figure out your best 11, and you got to find guys that want to tackle. LSU missed 18 tackles on Saturday. In four of their five games, they have missed double-digit tackles. No one wants to wrap up. Everybody just wants to kind of go and shoulder bump and try to get the big hit. No one wants to tackle right now on this defense, and boy, that's a pretty big problem whenever you're facing SEC athletes and your guys aren't physical enough to bring people to the ground. And, you, you know, when your offense is clicking and your defense is not uh, up-tempo type, you're putting your defense back on the field sooner. In the fourth quarter, it seemed like they could have milked that clock a little bit and Slow down just a little. The last offensive possession drove me. And, and Casey, nuts. after the game, I found this. One of my, I want to show you. Oh boy! Yeah, one of the things I have at my house that I found. Oh boy! Got an old Miss cooler, folks. For those, that... <laughs> yeah, I don't really. So the rest of the segment, I'll let you stare at it. I, I do have to urinate. Can I? <laughs> can I go in there? <laughs> you can just stare at it. <laughs> Ole Miss gets a win. Lane Kiffin gets a signature win. They're 4-1. LSU's taking on Missouri on Saturday. Missouri's undefeated. Now, look, let's be honest. I don't think Missouri's as good as Ole Miss, and I think they're 5-0 and is a fluke, right? They beat South Dakota, Middle Tennessee, Kansas State, Memphis, and Vanderbilt. They only beat Vanderbilt 38-21. to They only beat Memphis 34-27. to I think LSU's much better than Missouri, and that's the reason why they're a seven-point favorite coming in. But you are going on the road again, and you are playing a very good offense again. I wouldn't be surprised if Missouri scores a lot of points and makes things really difficult and really uncomfortable for LSU again on Saturday. But Missouri's defense, there's no way they can slow down or stop the LSU offense right now. They're on a roll. I mean, Look, dude, I never thought I'd hear myself say this. Jaden Daniels is a Sunday player, dude. Some of those throws that he's making right now, like the throw to Kyron Lacey, if he puts that ball anywhere else, it's incomplete or intercepted. The throw to Thomas, like he is threading the needle. He is doing things that they called for him to do last year that he never showed. Good on him. That's the big bright spot right now is that guy, look, they told us in the offseason he had gotten much better. A lot of us kind of rolled our eyes. They weren't lying. That kid could play, man. And I, I, I heard for him. 27 of 36, 414, four touchdowns, no interceptions, 99 yards rushing with a touchdown. And he did have a fumble, right? So it wasn't a perfect game. He did fumble the football. Yeah, but take some he took a hit. He got leveled. The guy's competing and playing his ass off, man, and I just wish his defense had a little bit more pride because I just don't see a whole lot of effort there. I don't see anybody that's bothered by the fact that that unit is not playing well. Whenever they get a tackle, even when they get a tackle for a loss, there's not much jumping up and down and celebrating. It's a defense that looks scared to make mistakes right now, and as a result, they're making a ton of them, man. And those receivers, Daniels is putting the ball perfect spots for him, but look, they're making catches under some – tight coverage those cornerbacks defensive backs are right in their face and they're coming down with these catches in the corner to the end zone nfl throws man and nfl catches yes it's uh it's impressive but that defense is uh, is pretty bad look okay Ole miss's offense is is good but not 700 700 yards in a game just look if Ole miss would have got 450 500 yards or scored 30 35 points hey whatever that that's kind of expected right let's lean kiffin side of the ball but 55 that's a little bit much man and, and here's the here's the most disheartening thing of it all is whenever lsu punted on that fourth and five from near midfield on that last drive whenever they could have maybe gotten a couple of first downs and drained the clock out 
Like, I'm telling everybody, like, we're not getting a stop. Like, the only thing we need to hope for right now is that they score with enough time for us to get the ball back. And they started the drive of their own 12, and I'm saying that. I had no confidence in an LSU defense with two minutes and 36 seconds left in the game to stop an Ole Miss offense that started the drive of their own 12. That's that's not good. That's not good. When you think that the opponent could go 90 yards in two minutes and you're certain that that's what's going to happen, that's not ideal. That's not ideal. Um, but it's been all year. Grambling for a quarter and a half was moving the ball in LSU. The only showing that this group has had all year was they played well against Mississippi State somehow. Probably is a sign that Mississippi State is just terrible. And when you look at their schedule and you see they're 0-3 in the SEC, they are terrible. And, and when you hear Brian Kelly speak to the team, when is the team going to say enough? You, you've blown smoke up our butt. Just, and it's just he talks a good game to them. And, oh, yeah, we're pissed now. Oh, give me a break. The only saving grace that I'll give Coach Kelly right now Yes, he did say in August, we're one year away. And we all laughed, oh, it's coach speak. So it kind of feels like now he kind of knew. <laughs> um, well, yeah, he, he and he said it in his press conference that we, they're playing young kids and this and that. They got to get better. That's all we have. There's no one behind them. But whose fault is that? Yeah, well. Like, don't get dudes from, from Southeastern in the transfer portal. Get dudes from bigger schools. Get guys who could actually play. I mean, they're the ones who, who made this mess. And, and I understand a year and a half ago you had 39 scholarship players. I, I understand. Maybe we shouldn't be expecting so much. But it's frustrating. They're going to waste one of the best offenses the school has ever had. They're going to go 8-4, and 7-5 and five with one of the best offenses the school has ever had. And uh, it's disheartening, man. It's, it's extremely disheartening. Missouri on, on Saturday, it's not going to be a cakewalk. It's not going to be a uh, gimme. I still I don't see this team going 8-4 and four still. You, you think worse? No. You think better? So you, you think that, okay, they've got – I think they can win out. The next three games, if you beat Missouri, it lightens up. You play Auburn and Army, you should win both of those. I say that knowing that Auburn just gave Georgia hell. Then it's Alabama. I'm not, I don't think that one's going to be a win. You maybe do. So that would be, in my opinion, the third loss. Then Florida, Georgia State, and Texas A&M. Nine and three. I think they could maybe get through losing just one more. Um but boy, it puts pressure. It's two weeks in a row now. You play a game where the team who had the ball last won. You got to get out of that. You got to start getting some stops and, and slowing the game down, and you got to start making improvements, and it's got to happen right now. And even with, with the the weaker SEC this year, 10-2, and two, you're not in. No, no. But but I tell you, I mean, obviously, they, they do still control their destiny. If they win the rest, they're going to make it to the championship game, the, the SEC championship game. Oh, yeah, but – who cares? Like this year, who who cares about the SEC championship game? Yeah. It, because <laughs> the SEC might get one in this year. It's very that, possible. That's if Georgia doesn't lose. And, and every week Georgia's playing with, yeah. like, I'm not sure that Georgia's going to beat Kentucky on Saturday. I mean, they, I don't think Auburn's any good at all. And they struggle no. with them. I don't think South Carolina's any good at all. They struggled with them. Like, I could easily see Georgia stubbing their toe when they play at Tennessee or play Ole Miss or whatever later in the year, Kentucky Saturday. So, yeah, you're right. It, um, it's definitely something that we'll be paying attention to. But got to get right on Saturday against Missouri. When we get back, oh, the New Orleans Saints were bad yesterday. And um, I think it's time that they make some changes. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. 
While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper, or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, The Back Road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette, plus the River Parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply, 985-223-8807, Highway 311 in Homa. Yesterday, the New Orleans Saints completed what was a crummy football weekend for the state of Louisiana by laying a complete goose egg against Tampa Bay, falling 26-9 to in the Dome. Um, the Saints got outplayed in every phase of the game. Derek Carr gave it a go, didn't look 100%, um, didn't play well, was just kind of checking down, throwing short. Um, the defense at times was not playing well, which is a surprise. Baker Mayfield, of all people, carving you up. 246 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Before we start ranting and raving about New Orleans, I said something here at the very beginning of the season that a lot of folks who listen daily shot me a text said, bro, just go, you're crazy. Baker Mayfield is better than Tom Brady was last year. How many times yesterday we see Mayfield make a play with his legs, get a first down? Brady couldn't do that. How many times do we see Mayfield roll out and bootleg, get outside of the pocket and make throws? Brady couldn't do that. Before we start talking about everything that's wrong with New Orleans, we have to say out front, I handed it earlier and I said, hey, I want to see a little more. I'm not all the way sold. I think Tampa Bay's the best team in this division, bro. As long as Mayfield's playing like this, I think they're the best team in the division. I, I would agree. And Honestly, it's not saying much because – Oh, I don't think they're yeah, a threat to beat any of the big dogs. The Saints yeah. are terrible. Uh, Atlanta is maybe a little better, but New Atlanta, Carolina, Atlanta sucks, man. They got problems. Um, so here's the thing. In the offseason, I, I tried to say over the summer, like, man – I, I understand that, that Saints fans are excited about Derek Carr, 
I said here often, the dude is 65 and 81 as a starting quarterback. It's not good. In a now 10-year career, he's been on a winning team twice. He has one, two, three, four, five, six seasons of double-digit interceptions throughout the course of his career. Last year in Las Vegas, he only completed 60% of his passes. That's not good. In the NFL now, you want that to be 65-70%. Yesterday, playing hurt, not playing hurt, I don't know what percentage he is, but I saw a guy who was saying, hut, hut, hike, and was just throwing a one-yard pass to Alvin Kamara over and over and over again. Kamara had 13 catches for 33 yards yesterday. That's the worst receiving line that I've ever seen in NFL history. A lot of folks are blaming a lot of different people. Some folks are saying you signed the limit at quarterback. Some folks are saying Pete Carmichael can't handle the job of offensive coordinator. Hell, maybe both of those people are true. Others are saying, hey, Dennis Allen's got to go. Dennis Allen for his career is now 17-40 and 40 as a head coach. His defense didn't play particularly, particularly well yesterday. You hear Allen in his postgame news conference say, I don't know, we might have to change play calling duties. We might have to do something different. I'm beginning to lose faith in this whole regime, brother. I think that at the end of the season, if this doesn't drastically turn around, it's time for Ms. Benson to say, I want everything associated with Sean Payton out of this building. That includes Mickey Loomis. That includes Dennis Allen. That includes Pete Carmichael. If this doesn't turn around, it's time to start completely fresh because it's reminding me right now of LSU football when the Bay was the coach and Joe Brady left, where instead of hiring Joe Brady, you're hiring Joe Brady's friends. Right now, the Saints got a bunch of Sean Payton's friends who are running the team, and it ain't working. That was a pathetic offensive effort yesterday, and at the end, the defense kind of was given up a little bit too. The Saints started off okay 2-0, and but even here, we were always saying, hey, that's kind of flimsy, right? We're not all the way believers. You've now lost two in a row. And you're going into a part of your schedule that suddenly doesn't feel as easy as it did earlier. At New England's going to be tough. The Patriots have a pretty good defense, despite what Dallas did to them yesterday. The Texans are playing well. They've won two in a row. Trevor Lawrence is going to carve you up on Thursday night uh, coming up in a couple of weeks. The Colts are playing pretty good ball. It's danger time. Dennis Allen better figure something out. I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be Carmichael has to get better. I don't know if it has to be somebody else calling the plays. But right now, what they're doing does not work. And they have the offense. Listen to this. They have scored the fewest points of anybody in the NFC this season that has played four games. The Giants have less, but they've only played three. They played tonight. They scored the fewest points of anybody in the NFC um, that has played four games. When you have an offense that has Kamara, Michael Thomas, Olave, uh, Rashid Shahid. Derek Carr, and you've invested a lot of money in your offensive line. The guys are terrible, but you've invested a lot of money there. You can't be the the worst offense in the NFC given all of that. That absolutely, positively cannot happen. Dennis Allen knew going into the offseason, hey, our offense has problems. Instead of firing Pete Carmichael, they brought in another quarterback and gave him another chance. That chance, in my opinion, should be getting close to being over. Yeah. Uh, well, I can go on. I think – they are averaging 15 points a game somewhere in that area. And and how, how much of that is based on defense forcing turnovers and setting up short fields? How, how many times did they actually drive the ball down and score? Very few. Offensive line is bad. Terrible. They give the quarterback zero time. Uh, Andrews Pete. Get rid of it. It's always hurt. Always. Now, he's, he may be in concussion protocol, whatever. 
but somebody needs to replace him. Offensive line's terrible. They have a quarterback who holds the football too dang long. Yes, yes. He just waits and waits and waits in the pocket, especially with an offensive line that's that's bad. Get rid of the ball. Offensive coordinator, Carmichael, call plays that meet the needs or your strengths of your players. They're calling plays right now where cars in their pocket for so long where they're running routes downfield, and he's just looking to throw the ball, holds it too long, no time to throw it. When they do throw the ball, it's two or three-yard routes to the sideline. They have no confidence or time, I guess, to go over the middle and try and complete passes. Then when you start a quarterback, and don't give me this blunt, oh, he was hurt. That's your fault for putting him in the game. When you start a quarterback who is not 100% healthy and you have a backup that's 100% healthy, what is that telling you, backup, that we're going to go with a guy that may be 70% ready over a guy that's 100% ready to go? Yeah. Here's here's my thing. My my, my buddy Richard says this all the time, and I kind of always rolled my eyes a little bit until yesterday. Does Jameis Winston really want to play? Like last year, the reports were in like week 13 or week 14, they asked him to go and play and replace Dalton, and he said, nah, nah, I'm good, I'm good. And yesterday, he comes in, and the first play, he just throws the ball straight to the defense. Like, does he really want to play? I'm starting to have my doubts yeah. about that, too. <laughs> but I, I give him the start with a, a healthy quarterback. A few times, Carr couldn't throw the ball down field. On some of his sideline routes, he he, he had no mustard. Him. He had no mustard. Look, he would a couple of times he threw it fifty or sixty yards just to show that he could, but it was such a duck. The ball was in the air for an out. He had no zip yesterday. And overthrowing. None. Then another thing is that there's no confidence in the offensive coordinator right now. None at all. These offensive guys have zero confidence in what's being called. They're gonna start to question what's happening. Why? We're calling this, so uh, don't be surprised if a change is made. But you hear Dennis Allen saying the play calling was better this game than what it was the game before. So I think he's clueless. You have running backs and receivers catching the ball and going out of bounds. Kamara runs straight out of bounds as soon as he gets the ball. And not even trying to, to pick up extra yards or first down. You had blocking. One time, you're blocking the, the, the back, defensive back to the outside, receivers going that way to the outside to get out of bounds. Instead of cutting back in, trying to get extra yardage, they don't want to get hit. They have no confidence at all, I think, in Carmichael right now. They're not playing for him. Dennis Allen is losing that locker room right now. Yep. And they're not going to make a change now, but something needs to be done. <clears throat> On the offensive side, something has to be done. If you're going to keep Carmichael on staff, fine. Let somebody else be more involved in game planning or calling the plays. If you don't show these guys right now that you're willing to win and make changes that's necessary, this season is going to go even further south than what it is now. I'm with you. And you're tanking. <laughs> Not there yet. You may have getting... your quarterback that you're waiting for. Dude, it, it, it's crazy. And, and here's the thing, man. 
here's the thing that that, that kind of rubs me the wrong way. <clears throat> you did all this crap in the offseason in June and July, bringing John Gruden in. Like, you've been saying for months now that you don't have faith in Pete Carmichael. Why else would you yeah. have brought someone else in to install your offense? So here's my thing. If you don't believe in the guy calling your plays, then why didn't he fire his ass in the offseason? Like, why is he still here? Um, and if it's a situation where they tried and couldn't get anybody lined up who was better because a good offensive coordinator doesn't want to work in that situation under Dennis Allen, then maybe Dennis Allen is the one that needs to be removed from the situation. Because I know this, you're ninth in the NFL right now in points allowed, 19 a game. But you're almost near the bottom, 15 and a half being scored a game. You're wasting a really good defense that I think in the coming weeks of these offensive struggles continue, I think the defense is going to start giving up too, and then you're going to start getting beat up because that's what I saw yesterday in the second half. The defense was saying, well, what good will it do us to force a three and out? We're going to just be punting it back. And they were spending more time on the field yesterday because the offense couldn't sustain anything, and I think they just kind of wore down and broke, got broken. Um, and that's concerning. Okay, I, I think the official may have made a bad call on the interception. Should have been a touchback, but it wasn't. Why quarterback sneak and they have two timeout. You run the clock out, even though they call a timeout. Quarterback sneak, get to the three or four or five yard line, and maybe take an in. Get out of the half. You give the ball to a guy who, <laughs> who carries what five times a season. <laughs> of all the times that you use Taysom Hill, in my opinion, unnecessarily, putting Cart running back in different wrinkles like that, and if you're at the one-yard line, you're not going to run him? And if you're going to say, oh, we couldn't run Carr because he was hurt, well, dang it, shame on you for having him in there. It, 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 Pete, it seems that the Saints offense clicks a little bit when they play a little bit more up-tempo, and there's just no rhythm at all in the Saints offense. And it's it's frustrating to watch on oh. a Sunday afternoon if you're a Saints fan. They're one of the most boring teams in the NFL. Their offense is is so flat. 37 passes for Carr yesterday, 127 yards. That, that's what – let me break out the calculator. Tell me how many yards per attempt that is. Your yards per attempt should be 8 or 9. Should even be closer to 10. 127 divided by 37. 3.43 yards per attempt yesterday. Because what you're doing, you're getting a shotgun snap and you're just throwing it to the sideline to Kamara who takes one step forward then runs out of bounds for a gain of two. Over and over and over again. Then you kind of run a reverse with him to the outside. And and look, he knew when he turned, he got the ball from the quarterback. You look, they had that play sniffed out. It wasn't going anywhere. Well, instead of just planting your foot, get up the field and lose maybe two or three yards. He's going to try and round it out, try and get to the outside where there's no chance because he's trying to get to that sideline, and he's going to lose about seven or eight yards on the play instead. Now, Dallas humbled New England yesterday. They they kind of made Mac Jones tap out um, and kind of broke New England spirits. A Belichick team's not going to get embarrassed two weeks in a row. I'm sorry, it ain't happening. So New Orleans is actually entering that game an underdog. They're a two-and-a-half-point underdog. Can they go to New England and win? Yeah, sure they can. Will they? No. There you go. I'm with you. I, I have a hard time picking them. I'm not picking. Right? I am not picking the Saints until they show something else. No way. 
because New England does have a very good defense, and I could see them getting after Carr. I could see them, you know, forcing turnovers. I could see them, you know, maybe blocking a kick. They got good special teams. It's going to be tough. Well, you know what's going to be next. You can hear in the media today, tomorrow, or Wednesday. Saints have an all players only meeting. Yeah. That's what bad teams do. That's what bad teams do. Exactly right. Let's catch a break when we get back. Got some W's and L's. We've got some other fun things to talk about in the world of sports. We'll be right back after this. Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems, your local power generator professionals, serving the entire Gulf Coast as your Kohler titanium dealer. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators. For the most trusted brands in the industry, Kohler, Generac, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins, Onan, and more, Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems is the place for you. 152 North Hollywood Road in Homa and Highway 3235 in Galliano. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. Home health services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health, where the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Cheers! Cheers, please! Welcome back to Play by Play. We're rocking with the Alpha Academy here on this Monday. Hope everybody enjoyed our conversation about the Saints and LSU. Now we get to our W's and our L's. Our first W of the weekend, it's got to go to Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield has turned his career around. He has been really good this season for Tampa Bay at a time where this was kind of his last stop. Three touchdowns, 246 yards for the season. Mayfield is now seven touchdowns, two interceptions, and he's seventh in the NFL in QBR. Look, he's way more more mobile than Brady is. He could get outside the pocket. He could do some things. It's helping out Mike Evans. It's And look, Mayfield's projected, if he does the rest of the season what he's doing now, to have 30 touchdowns and nine interceptions. That would be an amazing season. No one saw that coming, but he's been playing well all year, man. What he, he does well, he extends the plays, like you mentioned, where uh, that touchdown pass he had to his tight end, about a what, three- or four-yard pass, he just extended the play, and the, the tight end just was standing right there, nobody around him. He just flipped it right to him. So, yeah, he does a good job extending plays, using his feet to create space for him, and they on a roll. 
And L goes to the Dolphins. The Dolphins were everybody's talk of the NFL in the last couple of weeks. Oh, they scored 70 on Denver. Oh, they're the best team in the NFL. They went to Buffalo. Who ain't got crushed? 48 to 20. The Bills hammer him. Josh Allen was not mad and cursed yesterday. Four touchdowns, no interceptions, 320 yards passing. Uh, also rushed for a touchdown. Buffalo made a pretty loud statement yesterday. Hey, you guys want to crown these Dolphins? Don't forget about us. They get a 28-point blowout win over Miami. Showing Miami, hey, bro, you guys could score, but you guys are going to have to play a little defense too. I missed that one pretty bad. I had the Dolphins. Not good. A weekend W goes to the Chicago Bears, and you're saying, just Claire, why are you giving a weekend W to the Chicago Bears? They lost again. They're 0-4. Because if the NFL draft were tomorrow, the Bears would have the first and the second pick in the draft. The Bears have their own first-round pick, and they also have Carolina's first-round pick from the Bryce Young trade. Chicago, if Carolina doesn't start winning some games, I don't think Chicago's going to start winning some games. They could potentially have two top-five picks. They could maybe get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr., and if that happens, whoo, yeah. you turn things around pretty quick in Chicago. So they're the ones that are the best at tanking right now. I give them a W because they're doing a pretty damn good oh, job of losing every tanking. week. Tanking. Week four or five in NFL tanking. Oh, that's crazy. It is crazy, but they're damn good at it. A weekend L <laughs> goes to Pete Carmichael. Um, bro, you're bad. Enough said. You're bad at what you do. Yesterday, offensively, the Saints got 197 yards of total offense in 11 drives, three yards per play. There's no creativity. There's no blocking. There's It's just a boring offense to watch. I'm tired of seeing this guy call plays. Hopefully, they find someone else in the future to handle those responsibilities. A W. How about them Cowboys? The Dallas Cowboys give Bill Belichick his worst loss of his career, 38-3 yesterday. Dak Prescott, 28 of 34, 261 through the air, one touchdown. Um, but the story of the game was the Cowboy defense. They scored two touchdowns in the game. They forced four turnovers in the game. They kind of made Mac Jones quit in the game. Um, Micah Parsons yesterday didn't officially record a sack, but he had nine quarterback hurries. They're heading into San Francisco this coming Sunday. It's going to be one hell of a game. But boy, the Cowboys coming in with some momentum. We mentioned last week they had to make a statement this week after laying an egg. They made a statement. Yeah, Casey, I think uh, your Cowboys are for real this year early on. They had one bad game, which happens. But they're going to uh, – I think they right now they're better than the Eagles. I agree. The Eagles don't have a loss, but, but look, I agree. Weekend L goes to Rodney Harrison. Listen to this. Rodney Harrison yesterday when talking to Chris Jones was baiting Chris Jones into saying something bad about Zach Wilson. Listen to how rude this is. Like, why are you, like, this guy's garbage. Zach Wilson played really well last night. That that seems a very personal attack. Rodney Harrison, you get an L. What are you doing? Like, it's your job to analyze. I get it. But calling someone garbage for no reason after a game where he played well? Like, just feels a little personal to me. Rodney Harrison, you get an L, man. Well, some people get on a bandwagon uh, bandwagon for different things, and that's what they're doing. You get... uh, 
Joe Namie making a comment about him, so now everybody wants to jump in and give their two cents on it. But you're right, he played well last night. Weekend W goes to Alabama. Alabama does what football teams in college football are supposed to do. They get better as the year goes on. They scored 40, beat Mississippi State 40-17. to 17. Look, their offense is still not very good, right? They got 357 yards of offense. They're still struggling through it. But they're making things easier for their quarterbacks, who were 10 of 13 on Saturday. They're running the football better. They're staying ahead of the chains, and they're playing good defense. Alabama's getting better. They're going to be around at the end. They're getting better. They're getting better, but they still have a long ways to go. Yep. It, it's, uh, I think that's fair. You, you saw The game, it was more of a struggle than what the final score was. Yep, I think that's fair. A weekend L goes to Billy Napier. Uh, Napier and the Florida Gators got hammered by Kentucky, 33-14. to 14. I just don't know how Napier is going to survive this. Um, they're 3-2. and two. They should beat Vanderbilt on Saturday. But then they got a rough stretch. At South Carolina, Georgia, Arkansas, LSU, Missouri, Florida State, there's a lot of losses in that stretch there, and I just don't know how he's going to survive it. You talk about the Saints and play calling being bad. I watch Florida. It's like watching paint dry, man. Just nothing but spread out, low formation, uh, um, low percentage passes. It's just not a, not a fun experience. Weekend W goes to the Lutcher Bulldog defense. Lutcher's defense is as good as advertised. They're one of the best high school defenses that I've seen. They pitched their third shutout in four games against a pretty good Tarpon offense. Um, excellent job by them. Weekend L goes to Team USA at the Ryder Cup. Got blasted by Europe. Man, just didn't didn't show up ready to play. Laid an egg on Thursday. Got behind. We're never able to battle back. And Europe destroys Team USA. Um don't like losing international stuff, man. I, I'm, I'm a snob American. I don't like losing to anybody and anything like that. But Rory McIlroy and the crew got the win. Weekend W goes to Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey has now scored a touchdown in every single game that he has played with the 49ers. There are a lot of talks and a lot of whispers that Christian McCaffrey might win the MVP this year because you know it might not be a, necessarily a quarterback award this year. 20 carries, 106 yards, and three touchdowns yesterday on the ground. Seven catches, 71 yards, and one touchdown through the air. Um, McCaffrey for the season already has 459 yards rushing. And uh, as a receiver, he's got 141 yards receiving. What the hell is Carolina doing? Like, they gave this dude away. What were they thinking? This is one of the best players in the NFL. No clue. You don't think he could be helping Bryce Young right now? Oh, yes. No clue what they were thinking about. But uh, the change of scenery has been good for him oh yes indeed and he is suddenly staying healthy now that he's not on a losing team crazy how that works weekend l goes to joe burrow joe burrow and the Bengals were bad yesterday burrow 20 of 30 165 yards passing he got sacked a bunch yesterday three sacks for 26 yards and after the game maybe a little bit of a rift between burrow and jamar chase jamar chase was asked after the game hey are you pleased with the way things are going he said i'm open then he paused and he said i'm always bleeping open then he apologized for using profanity, but boy, there's some cracks there. The Bengals are one and three. They got hammered yesterday, twenty-seven to three. Rough times in Cincinnati right now. I never thought that would happen with the boys. Yeah, rough times in Cincinnati. Weekend W goes to South Terrebonne. They get their first football victory of the season over Ellender. Good on um, Coach Babbin and his staff for taking care of business and getting their first win. I think they're going to get a few more coming home. Weekend L goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers got blasted by the Houston Texans yesterday. 
And it's to the point where I'm starting to maybe consider, hey, the Texans might just be pretty good. This is two weeks in a row that they win. They beat Pittsburgh 30-6. to Brian, we say this often. There's a lot of good coaches that sometimes get fired um, just because a team needs a quote-unquote new voice. I think they might need a new voice in Pittsburgh because, man, it's been a couple of years now. They just feel kind of stale. They got Matt Canada calling their offense. Their offense is terrible. They got blasted by Houston yesterday. There are a lot of Steeler fans that are not happy. Yeah, I think uh, Tomlin's time is uh, limited. I don't think anything during the season, but maybe after this season, if things continue. Look, if they turn it around, who knows? He may stay. But I I can um, definitely feel what you're talking about there. His time may be done. Last weekend, L, then we'll catch a quick break. My, My guy James Harden, the Philadelphia 76ers, had their media day today. Harden did not attend because of his trade demand. He wants to get traded to the Los Angeles Clippers. And he has openly said throughout the offseason, I'm going to do whatever I can to make things crummy for you guys whenever uh, whenever the season starts. Training camp starts later in the week. Harden is expected to report. I'll say this. I saw him the other day on social media. He is in shape. Usually whenever he's disgruntled, he gets fat. And he's, he, he is in shape. He is ready to play. Um but it's going to be some very interesting opening days of training camp when you got one of your star players openly saying, hey, I'm going to try to ruin this for y'all. <laughs> uh, we'll see how long that lasts. Let's catch a break. When we get back, I'll get, I'll tell you how to bet Monday Night Football tonight, and we'll break that matchup down a little bit. It's play-by-play on KLEB. Hi, my name is Daniel Lorraine, candidate for re-election for Lafouche Parish Councilman District 9. I'm presently retired and have the knowledge the experience, and the desire to keep serving the people of South Lafouche. Let me continue to be the voice of South Lafouche. On October the 14th, I would appreciate your vote and support. Number 82, God bless, paid for by the Daniel Lorraine Campaign Fund. GIS started as a modest company in 1948 and has now blossomed to employing over 2,600 people throughout their GIS family of companies. GIS embraces the highest levels of safety, technology, and operational excellence to give their clients and projects a competitive edge on a global scale. Learn more and join their team today at www.gisy.com. Is knee pain keeping you from living your best life? Get back into the swing of things with a robotic-assisted knee replacement from Thibodeau Regional Health System. Robotic-assisted knee replacement means greater precision and a joint replacement that's customized to your anatomy. And this could mean less pain and a quicker recovery. Most importantly, it can mean improving your quality of life. Learn more at Thibodeau.com. Maritime Safety Solutions, LLC, specializes in portable fire extinguisher sales, inspection, and service. They provide tests of CO2 fire suppression, NOVEC systems, fire detection systems, water mist systems, and safety relief valves on marine vessels. Conveniently located minutes away from Port Fouchon. Our service technicians have a dependable reputation by outstanding service to the marine industry. Stop by Maritime Safety Solutions, LLC, 14626 West Main Street, Cutoff, or call 985-632-7233. Mr. Kale, what was my lock of the week last week? You remember? 
Yeah, it was uh, was it Atlanta? Jacksonville minus three over Atlanta, baby. Cha-ching. The Jaguars got the win the second week in a row. Our lock of the week pays out. Yesterday, I hit a bunch of parlays as well. I hit a Chiefs parlay. I hit a five-team parlay. I hit, hit, of course, the the lock of the week with Jacksonville getting a win. I hit Baltimore minus one and a half over the Browns. As soon as I saw Watson was out, that one was a no-brainer. We had a good day yesterday in Las Vegas. Tonight, Monday Night Football, you got the Seahawks and the Giants. Um... The Giants are a one-and-a-half-point underdog at home. There's not a whole lot about this one that I, I like. I think that feels about right. I think it's a true toss-up. I think it could go any way. Um, but there is one piece of this that I do like, and I do think that um, tonight when you look at the matchup, <clears throat> I like Daniel Jones to go over 35 yards rushing. I think that he's going to be used as a runner a lot in the game, and I like him to go over that, so that's one to maybe pay attention to. Then I also like... Um, DK Metcalf to get over 70 yards receiving. He's the number one target of Geno Smith, who's really had a good career um, with Seattle. And and I look forward to Seattle stretching the field. But in terms of picking a winner, this is not an official pick. I guess I'm going to pick the Giants to win because they're at home, but I could see this going either way. Coach, who's going to win tonight, New York or Seattle? Ooh, I'm going to go Seattle. You're going to go Seattle? Yeah, I, I I could see that happening. Look, we got the MLB playoffs that are starting this week. Um, heck, maybe Wednesday, I think. We might be watching some playoff baseball here in the studio because I think they got some games that start at noon. Uh, You got wild card round matchups. Tampa Bay will be taking on Texas. Toronto will be taking on Minnesota. Arizona will be taking on Milwaukee. And Miami will be taking on the Phillies uh, as we start the MLB playoffs. My Braves got a bye. The Dodgers got a bye in the National League. In the American League, the Astros and Orioles have a bye. Um... The Braves yesterday tied an MLB record for the most home runs in a season. They hit 307 home runs this year, which is ridiculous. And they have home field advantage throughout the playoffs with 104 wins. The whole postseason is going to run through Atlanta. Um, I'm super jacked for this, man, because there's so many different angles, right? There's the Cinderella teams like Baltimore. Baltimore has a payroll that's less than our radio station's payroll, but yet they've won 101 games and are incredible. Similar situation with Tampa. Um, but then you got the Bell Cows, like the Astros, teams that are always there. Atlanta, the Dodgers, teams that have always been there. Can they rise up again? The MLB playoffs in the next couple of weeks is going to be a whole lot of fun, man. I know you're going to be rooting for Houston. I'm going to be rooting for Atlanta. It's going to be fun to follow these games as they fo- as, as we go all the way through. Oh, if they both can make it. <clears throat> you remember what happened the last time? Yeah, it, that, that's history. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes yesterday cost betters millions of dollars. The Chiefs were an eight-point favorite over the Jets. No. Leading 23-20, to 20, Mahomes rolled out of the pocket and could have walked into the end zone with a minute left. Instead, he took a knee. I didn't have I, I had Kansas City in a parlay to win, so it didn't affect me. But boy, you know that there were so many people throwing their remote at their TV when they saw Mahomes get to the two-yard line and then pull the plug. But game-wise, that was the right thing to do. <laughs> it's a thousand percent the right thing to do. Absolutely. Betting-wise, <laughs> not so much. And it's worth noting that not everybody lost because of that play. Yeah. Caesars had a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar bet on the Jets plus eight that won because of that play. So the better took home two hundred and forty thousand dollars based on Patrick Mahomes taking a knee at the two yard line. Isn't it crazy the amount of money that goes around? Amazing. Here? Like, dude, I 
I make a $10 bet and I'm like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big rule. I'm a, yes. I'm a top dog. Yeah, these dudes are betting 300 grand on this stuff, man. Like, it's unbelievable the amount of cash that flies around. And when you really stop to think about it, that's probably why some fishy things happen sometimes in some of these games. 100%. Yes, sir. Were you getting annoyed yesterday at the end of the game with all the times they were showing Taylor Swift? Oh, from the from the get go, we it's said enough. we said over and over under a hundred. It ended up being sixteen times that they showed her. I didn't count that, but I saw on, on social media that someone else did. They showed her sixteen times, which is sixteen too much. Well, yeah, I don't necessarily disagree, but I I like when they show Jerry Jones in the owners box for Cowboys games. That usually means that we scored a touchdown, and he's you know clapping and celebrating and hooting and hollering. That or pouting. <laughs> You think we got a chance against San Francisco Sunday? Yes, I, I do. I do. It's gonna be a hell of a Sunday yeah, night game. Yes, huh? it'll be a very good game. <clears throat> um, yeah, I, I tend to think that they they got a pretty good shot. I wouldn't favor them, and they, and they're not favored. They're a three point underdog. I wouldn't favor them, but I think they got a pretty good shot. Um, no, they, they're gonna have to play. They can't come and do what they did against was in Arizona. They got to play. I think Prescott's. Playing good. Like, I mean, he's only turned it over one time in four games. Like, I, I think that he's kind of turned the corner. They're making things a little easier for him. He told you before the season, not turning the ball over. Yeah. Um, it's going to be hard to stop Christian McCaffrey, though, man. That 459 yards rushing and four, like, it's going to be hard to slow him down. Now, Dallas does have some speed, right? But it's going to be hard to slow him down. Um, in the NFL, the Thursday night matchup this week is Chicago and Washington. Um, Chicago's not trying to win, so <laughs> it should be a Washington game there. Also, some big matchups. Of course, the Saints are playing New England. Baltimore taking on Pittsburgh. That's always fun. Houston and Atlanta is a fun matchup. The Texans come in playing well. Carolina uh, facing Detroit on the road. Detroit should take care of that. Miami will be at home against the Giants, a chance to get right. Joe Burrow traveling to Arizona to take on the Cardinals, trying to get right. Um one that's interesting to me, though, is the Eagles traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. The Rams are 2-2, two and two, and they got a, an overtime win against the Colts yesterday. The Eagles, you mentioned earlier, that, that some ain't right. Like, I, I don't know what it is. It, it's just not as sharp as it was. And how about the play of, and I ain't going to say this name right, Puka Nakwa of the Rams, fifth-round pick, 177th pick in the draft from BYU. In four games, Coach, 39 catches, 501 yards. Wow. See, nobody even knew who this dude was. A fifth-round pick, and he's not in contention just for Rookie of the Year. He's in contention to win the damn MVP of the league. Cooper Cup is out, but they found a second Cooper Cup in the draft. It's unbelievable. Rams are young and playing well. They're 2-2, two and two, but they're playing well. Yeah, they get Cooper Cup back, man. They're Look young. out. It's going to be very young. interesting to see. Deshaun Watson decided yesterday, oh, I got a boo-boo in my shoulder. I'm not going to play. He wasn't even on the injury report throughout the week, man. Now he <laughs> randomly decides he's not going to play. They played Dorian Thomas and Robinson, who got picked off three times yesterday. I'm not on the Watson train, dude. Like, I thought he was good in Houston, but the massage stuff is creepy. And since he's come back, he's just not been very good. Yeah, never was a fan. Last one that we'll make fun of, then I know we got to wrap up. You see the, the the Los Angeles Chargers almost did a Chargers? Yes. Again? How long? Look, this is like the fourth or fifth time Brandon Staley does this. This offseason, you had Sean Payton pretty much saying publicly, hey, 
I want to go to the Chargers. I want to coach Justin Herbert. He was pretty much openly saying that. You give Brandon Staley another chance and attach him to Kellen Moore, who is a goon, by the way. <laughs> and now you're blowing games. Now, they hung on and won yesterday, but they're blowing games and going for it in their own territory and fourth down. That's an all-time miss, dude. They could have had Sean Payton. Instead, they, they kept their coach. and It's a mess. It's a it mess. Is. It is. They're lucky. Lucky yesterday. They're lucky Garoppolo was hurt or they would have lost. Because that O'Connell wasn't ready to play. If Garoppolo would have been there, they would have lost to, to Las Vegas yesterday. Anyway, let's wrap up right here. Well, we're going to be Friday. Friday. You you've told me before every segment yeah, to mention I, this, and I completely forgot every segment. Friday, we're going to be at Absolute Fitness. Um, we're going to be hanging out with the fine folks there. Um, I might enjoy myself a smoothie. I might do some jumping jacks. I might get a little sweat in while we're there. We'll um, get that on tape for you. No, we won't. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we're going to be at Absolute Fitness, and we're going to be enjoying ourselves. We thank them so much for their support of Coastal Broadcasting and Tarpon Athletics. Um, looking forward to it. Look, I've not physically been there. You have. You said you told me during amazing. your commercial break it's, it's an amazing, amazing place. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. We'll go visit them on, on Friday and um, burn off some calories before uh, the Tarpon game on Friday, which will be uh, a big one as well. You can walk out weighing less. <laughs> I'm already weighing about 30 less than I did a couple months ago. <laughs> we'll wrap up right here. We want to thank everybody so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll have more coaches on, and we'll uh, be talking about that vote, man. Uh, a lot of things happening within the LHSA tomorrow. You've been listening to Play by Play. Have a great day, y'all. God bless.